When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know what I think? No. I, I think that we're here in Colorado, we're actually getting a really true, real winter. Yes, I would agree with that. Yes, because it's been snowing almost every other day. <laughs> the snow hasn't melted from like three weeks ago or a month ago. Which is kind of rare for Colorado because when things hit the ground, they tend to melt pretty quickly. It's the elevation, it's the amount of sunshine we have and stuff like that. But there's a problem, Andre, and yeah. that is... The influx of trucks that are coming here that cannot handle this type of weather. Yeah, you would think if you have a four-wheel drive vehicle or a truck in this case, uh, that you can be just slam through it, right, and just go. And uh, Yes, no. you would think that in some cases, but the answer is no, you shouldn't do that. And we have a lot of examples. And it, what happened was Andre and I looked at each other and said, well, all of these things are terrible things to do your truck. And one thing led to another. And then we decided to do an entire podcast based on... These things will ruin your truck. And it's not just limited to slamming our stances and stuff like that. We're talking about lifts and accessories. We're going to basically poo-poo on everybody. But Ooh. at the same time, we fully acknowledge the fact that for certain people in certain situations, there are reasons why they're going to do certain things. And then we're also going to cover the fact that many of you people are out of your mind for doing some of the things you've done to your truck. Okay. Yes. So on this episode of TFL Talking Trucks, like you said, this is the best way to ruin your pickup truck. Yes. And also we have to thank uh, you guys because you guys listen to us. Uh, this podcast is growing. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for ruining your trucks. Uh, no. <laughs> but also you guys are supporting us on Patreon.com. Yes, you are. Uh, Patreon.com slash TFL car is the only place you can support TFL Studios. Recently, within the last five days, Ernie Pearson and Chris B have supported us in a very big way. And, you know, every couple bucks matters because as soon as you get hundreds of people doing this, uh, it really helps us. Believe it or not, we do not always make money on the videos we produce. More often than not, we yes. don't. And so by doing this, this helps us stay afloat, and we're able to bring to you these podcasts and these special videos that we put together. Yep. So um, as we go along, uh, well, obviously, we always welcome your feedback, your comments. Right. You can also write to us, support us, and uh, write to us on patreon.com slash tflcar. Um, we always watch that uh, chat room right there as well, so... Uh, you can communicate with us there. But how about we kick this off, and what is the best way to ruin your truck? Let me tell you something that just happened to me. Just the other day, mm. there was a guy who came in. He had, I think, North Carolina plates. North Carolina. Okay. Uh, and he had, of course, the Carolina drop, which I believe is now illegal in certain places. Now, to explain what that is, first of all, 
they took a truck and they stanced it. They put on, you know, wheels that are about a foot wide. Um, they lifted the truck, but then uh, put on very tiny rubber on the truck. So it's actually lower than it was stock. And then to add to it, they dropped the rear end down to the point to where the bu rear bumper was probably only three or four inches off the ground. Now, the reason why I mention all this, um, and also those tires, which are absolutely crap tires, was they were pounding through snow with this and wondering why they were losing control. It got to a point where the rear, the snow in the rear section of the truck gathered so much that I was surprised that the rear wheels were able to turn. And at some point in time, they won't because snow will win eventually. So I saw that and I thought, that's a really bad thing to do to the trucks. Not only that, but it's also illegal. We'll get to that in a minute. So yeah, then it, actually, a lot of things that we'll mention are now illegal exactly. in most places, if not nationwide. Bingo. Um, and Carolina Squat is one of those. Uh, it's just kind of a stylistic thing, right? It's so, all done for style and so for attention. A lot of, of the things actually we're talking about is about showing off, mm -hmm. right? And we know a, a lot of uh, guys uh, and some young gals like to show off their vehicles. Indeed they do. Yeah. And we get it. We know that, you know, it, it, if it draws the eye, that's the same thing like putting straight exhaust on a truck or, or a car for that matter, or, you know, throwing some sort of unusual paint job on it. We get it. You know, you're going to get eyeballs on it and your mission has been accomplished. You have actually brought people to your world and they said, ah, Look what they've done to that vehicle. And in many cases, people just like me, old farts, are going to say, oh, those kids and their silly oh, drops. The, those darn kids. Those darn kids. But there's more <laughs> to it than that. And what, what they're not sometimes thinking about is the long-term effects that some of these modifications will have on their vehicles. And so we're going to cover that. But we're also going to talk about a lot of stuff here in terms of modifications, what they do, what's wrong with them, and also, yes, how illegal they can be. But we also want your participation. So if we've missed anything that you guys really find disturbing, please let us know in the comments below. Yes. So I want to also continue with wheel poke. Um, so, and a lot of these things are actually safety concerns, right? Right. So when we're talking about what's the best way to ruin your truck, well, the tr first of all, the truck is your the biggest tool in your at your disposal, right? It can haul a lot of weight. It can tow a big trailer. Right. Um, usually it has four-wheel drive. I mean, depends on if you buy four-wheel drive or not. Right. Um, maybe if you live in Phoenix, you decide not to need a four-wheel drive vehicle, but mm -hmm. that's up to you. Right, exactly. Uh, but it's the biggest kind of utilitarian vehicle. It's also a family vehicle for a lot of it people. It can be, exactly. So, and, and then you can go ahead and ruin it. <laughs> so wheel poke. So what am I talking about? I'm not just talking about lifts, right? right. But I, I see a lot of people also lowering their trucks with poke. Right, sure. but actually, the tire and the wheel is actually either the wheel itself has the offset, or you actually have a spacer, or something where it actually pulls out way outside the body of the truck. And what does that do? Well, a variety of things. Yeah. First of all, it's illegal um, in in many states, uh, and it creates a safety issue, which is if you're going through anything, water, mud, snow. It's kicking it up not only all over your truck, but also all over vehicles on the road. And people try to offset this by putting on like a little tiny mud flap in the back. <laughs> because if you look, it, yeah. you know, it's technically speaking, it's legal if you put the mud flap on. Or they put a little lip on their truck or something like that to, to make it look like it's got a partial covering like a fender. But the reality is, is that once it sticks out past, I believe, one inch past your uh, fender then you are breaking the law because you're creating a safety issue. And that safety issue 
has been noted by many people, including myself, where you're throwing rocks up all over the highway as you're going through certain areas because there's no directional control for any of the muck that's coming off your vehicle. It's flying everywhere. And that is one of the reasons, many reasons, why having the poke or stance or whatever, having a wheel that sticks out a ridiculous amount is an issue. Yeah, and also uh, it can break other people's windshields, and it does. It, it does. does break other people's windshields, and that's a huge problem in Colorado and many other states. Uh, we just, you know, had it happen to one of our loan vehicles, which I felt terrible about. Yeah, um, actually, Roman uh, had a crack in the Hummer uh, windscreen. It's going to cost us a million dollars to fix. Uh, I don't even want. I don't even want to say how much it's going to yeah. cost, but actually. I think it's going to be reasonable, but nobody has a windshield for the Hummer EV. <laughs> well, so it might as go. well be a million dollars. Yeah, it's unobtainium so, right now. So uh, a lot it, of people who own these types of vehicles cause these types of incidents. And also throwing up mud on windshields. Also, when they drive by and people are walking or, or riding down the street or on a motorcycle or whatever, they're throwing up mud. And it's it, once again, it's uncontrolled chaos because it's not being channeled below the vehicle it's being blown all over the place. And it's not just guys who are doing it with these this you know low um, tire wheel combination. It's also people who do super lifts and have their big tires stick out and do the exact same thing because they want everybody to think that they're rock crawlers and they throw mud and everything else in an uncontrolled fashion all over a highway or a road. And it is a safety issue. So that, that in itself is a problem, but there's more to it than that, isn't there, Andre? Well, yeah. Um, so I, as we continue, I just wanted to uh, point out also um, we have a truck example that I wanted to show mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't have wheel poke. Yeah. Uh, and this one is on TFL Bids. Uh, TFL Bids is an auction site that TFL Studios runs. Right. Uh, we have a 2001 Ram 2500 Cummins mm -hmm. uh, currently on sale. Uh, and by the way, TFL Bids is a really cool place uh, where you can list your vehicle uh, SUV, be it SUV or truck or some interesting car, mm -hmm. uh, really quickly. So um, there are a lot of popular auction sites out there, but TFL bids is something you can list a vehicle uh, within a week and get it out there and get it and get it sold uh, with a relatively quick turnaround. Uh, but this uh, person kind of lowered their truck, yep. right? But did it almost you know pretty tastefully because the wheels are not sticking out. Uh, and uh, I don't know about his articulation. He may have hurt his articulation a little bit. There. I'm sure he has. Uh, but it's it's a decent look on a Ram Cummins. A lot of you guys out there want to do these things for looks, and we get it. I mean, I even when I was in high school, guys were slamming um, small trucks, you know, Isuzu's, Mitsubishi's, and whatnot. And, you know, for looks. Uh, I remember one guy was trying to convince me that it was for performance, and it was a funny irony when uh, his axle snapped, but that's a different story. But actually, no, it's not a different story because that is one of the issues that a lot of people are not thinking about long term. Whether they decide to put on these ridiculously wide wheels and low profile tires or giant off road tires, if they haven't taken care of their axle, that could be a real issue. We're not just talking about the axle itself. We're talking about bearings and uh, uneven wear. But there's more. And that's braking and that's performance and that's handling and then all the stuff with the lifts and half the lifts are out there are really bad. I mean, it's an irony that these guys are lifting their truck in order to put on these little tiny wheels and tires. And then technically speaking, it's actually lowered. <laughs> so they're lower because than the, the axle is actually hanging the down. The axle's hanging down only a couple inches off the ground. And... 
you know, you know, some of you guys out there, I'm sure, are big fans of this and say, hey, it's their choice. They can do that. Yes, but at the end of the day, they're going to adversely affect their truck and their truck will break. And they'll wonder why they're on the side of the road with this thing that will not run anymore because it has snapped because they're doing a fashion statement. But they're also driving something that is unsafe on the roads. And that is my biggest issue. What happens, Andre, when you put a giant lift or slam a truck? What's the first thing that happens in terms of your geometry? Well, geometry becomes an issue mm. if you haven't considered it, right? Right. Uh, a drive shaft can be uh, stressed to its maximum. Right. Uh, a half shaft can uh, do the same. Exactly. Um, so uh, we actually, we've owned, what, over the last 11 years of TFL truck, what, like 11 pickup trucks? 11 maybe maybe more? More than that, because um, we had a couple. Sometimes we'd have two. So, uh, and we've actually touched the suspension on most of them, not not all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've lifted, let's say, what, eight or nine pickups that we've owned, mm -hmm. but only one was good. <laughs> that, But that is so true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because, because you can do many things. Sometimes you take a shortcut, mm -hmm. right? You could say, I, I even did it with my F-150 recently, right? Mm -hmm. I went with a very inexpensive uh, puck uh, leveling kit in the front solution. Right. Uh, low dollars. I did not change shocks or springs. Um, and it was decent. But it wasn't, you know, I, I saw limitations of that immediately. Right. Because chatter on a like a washboard road became a little bit more pronounced. Because the shock is now dealing with a slightly taller truck. And also I put slightly larger tires, which are heavier. Mm -hmm. So you have to account all of that in, into one. And the best lift was actually from Jeep. Uh, a Mopar Jeep performance part, um, Fox, I think it was Fox Shock uh, that was part of it. It was a two-inch lift, um, it? Yeah, it was a two-inch lift on 35s. And that vehicle actually rode better than almost stock. And everything else we did almost rode worse uh, yes. when we lifted it. Right. There's a, there's a lot of things to consider. So let's say you decide... You know, I'm, I'm not going to just pick on the guys who slam their trucks and, you know, you do the whole stance thing. I'm going to pick on the guys who also lift. If you lift your truck and you're putting on heavier tires and wheels, your rotational mass on your axles has increased, but it also has increased in your brakes. So you're no longer stopping as quickly as you were before. And in many cases, some of these guys who are out there doing this, guys and gals, I should say, that are doing this, aren't actually taking that into account or they're not servicing their brakes and seeing whether or not, I don't know, if they're roasting and it also affects performance. So you're going around a corner and you're in a lifted truck, your center of gravity has changed. It's no longer handling the same way it did before. Also, you don't have the same amount of grip from the giant off-road tires you have on there. And for those of you who are like, ah, oh, wait, but I'm going to put these one-foot wide you know, tire, uh, wheels with the low-profile tires, I'll have better handling around the corner. Well, guess what? You're also putting a lot of stress on parts of your axle that were not designed to have that type of stress. And on top of that, you're also going to a path that's very unusual because you're no longer able to drive in the grooves of other vehicles in bad weather, like snow or even rain. So you're suddenly, these tires, which rarely are built for proper traction, are now bouncing around on surfaces that they cannot handle. So there's many reasons why this will totally destroy your truck in so many ways. Yes, but why would you care? Because it looks good. Ah, but... Oh. It no. looks good, but how does it affect the public? How does uh, it affect yes. my kid who's only been driving for a few years, going down the road, having to deal with some of these maniacs running around with these trucks that have been overlifted, overboosted, overdone, whatever, and suddenly they're creating traffic accidents 
that's where me as an old man, as a dad, that's where I become pretty damn concerned. And it really irritates me because of that. I don't but, care about the looks. But also, uh, when you do something silly, uh, it will affect your own pocketbook, not just in the modifications, but right. efficiency. Mm -hmm. And we've shown that I don't know how many dozens of times, hundreds of times. Uh, because aerodynamics ultimately on the highway is what rules efficiency. And drag, too, uh, right? Yeah. So as soon, um, you know how all most new trucks now have either retractable chin spoilers or really low front air dams. Mm -hmm. And uh, adjustable mirrors that can pop in and out. And yeah, adjustable that. mirrors. And manufacturers do that for one reason. You know, better aerodynamics, you have less air going underneath the vehicle so you can control the air a little bit more. Because on, underneath a regular pickup truck, there's a lot going on. There's mm -hmm. the transmission, there's exhaust, there's your axles, there's a, a lot of turbulence down there. Sure. So it will affect your efficiency. Also, drag from the aggressive tire. Exactly. And also, you know what's uh, also kind of funny? Um, a lot of tires who are, you know, not the popular brands, they're kind of a cheaper tire. Right. Uh, they're noisy. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll be driving on the highway and somebody's passing me and it sounds like a choo-choo train has just gone Sometimes by. you hear that. That's always And I could hear special. it in my truck. Right. Just imagine what they're hearing in their truck. But th that's why they have a killer stereo system. Oh, yes. Super loud so they can't hear anything, which is fine. Fine. That's your yes. choice. Um, a couple things there. Uh, you're absolutely right. Any accessory you add to your truck potentially can affect your gas mileage. Uh, we've already proven that a chin spoiler is huge and mirror configuration is huge. But what about extra trail lights? A lot of people like to slam on a ton of trail lights to make it look off-roady. In some cases, they're not actually going off-road. They just want those extra lights. Well, guess what? That affects your aerodynamics as well. But there's more. Yes, and there is more. Uh, can I can I go on the lights still? Yes, keep going on uh, the lights. Uh, because we all love lights. We, we love lights. In fact, our Jeep, I, I mentioned, you know, one of the best kind of mod we did was our Jeep Gladiator. Mm -hmm. We did add lights in the front. So the bumper had a hoop, kind of like a safari-style bar, mm -hmm. uh, and we mounted the pod lights to it, uh, which was cool. Uh, but, but here's the thing. I've been talking to a lot of engineers when we go to these uh, first drive programs of pickup truck engineers. Uh, and for towing, specifically for towing and driving in hot climates, um, and also uh, for any purpose, they design the grill the largest as possible, you know, mm -hmm. as large as possible, and the radiator as large as possible. This is important specifically for heavy-duty trucks as well, but also any truck. Right. Cooling is remarkably important. Yeah, because uh, you could overheat, you know, uh, you can kind of cook your radiator, uh, and it's not as effective for towing mm -hmm. anymore. So you have to be kind of mindful of that. If you maybe don't tow, uh, maybe adding a couple lights would be would work. But if you're regular to tow with your vehicle, the grill area is very important. Yeah, it's calculated down to the millimeter from the manufacturer. These guys spend a lot of time, effort, and money developing these trucks so they can get them as close to the cafe numbers as they're projecting. Remember, you know, these things take years to develop and they're trying to make them as efficient as possible because there are all these requirements out there. And also they have to go through certain types of safety ratings. So the other part of that is, let's say, and then we're only talking about the grill. We're not even talking about putting lights on your roof or in front of your windshield or any of those other things. If you put them in front of the grill, what's going to happen when you slam into somebody going 30 miles per hour? What's going to happen to your vehicle? How are your airbags going to respond? How's your vehicle going to respond? 
Will things push back further into your engine bay? Your engine is actually built to kind of drop down out of the way nowadays. That's actually required as part of your crumple zone. Well, will that be affected by additional lights, bumpers, and everything else? So you need to take those into account. So safety is a huge thing there. But there are other things out there that also affect your economy, especially rooftop lights and... Drum roll. Tents. Thank you. Tents. I even did a pantomime thing with my head. Yes. Um, yes. Rooftop tents, uh, the bane of my existence. Um, first of all, I get it. Uh, a lot of you guys out there are like, hey, I want a rooftop tent because I want to go off-road and I want to camp in something that will keep me away from the scary animals. And I want to take it all with me. Totally get it. Um, but when you put that on your vehicle, <laughs> you leave it on there year-round, even though you might only use it once or twice a year. It's going to affect your fuel mileage quite a bit. We actually have some videos on that. Before I'm going to tell you about a tasteful update on this one truck I saw, uh, let's take a quick break. Gotcha. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So I was at uh, my daughter's volleyball um, tournament uh, mm-hmm. this weekend, and I saw a really cool, uh, tastefully lifted uh, Ford Ranger. This is the modern, the current generation mm-hmm. Ranger. Um, and it has a nice little uh, bed rack, and on top of it, right below the roof line, was a tent. Roof you know, tent. So it looks like whoever built it, and I, I didn't meet the, the owner, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But whoever built it, uh, first of all, didn't lift the truck, you know, four inches or five inches into the air. It was like, a, I think, a two-inch lift or two and a half. Uh, did like 33s, so not oversized tires. And then they did the bed rack with a tent, just kind of in line with the vehicle mostly. They thought about aerodynamics. They had, you know, really good equipment. They had a high-lift jack, a couple of, you know, cans of extra fuel. And that looked proper. You know what I'm saying? I got you. And I've seen plenty of those as well. And I'm I'm not trying to put down everybody who lifts or slams a truck or everything. We're just trying to go to the extremes of what these things can do to your truck. The other side of it is I've seen guys who've had massive racks in the back of their trucks, which adds a lot of weight. A high lift jack, once again, adding more weight. And then a rooftop tent on top of that. So suddenly your center of gravity is dragged totally beyond where it was before. And then they're hitting the trails in Moab or in the Rubicon. And they're wondering why they're tipping so easily. Once again, you have to kind of think about the long term. And guys, by all means, keep buying these things and keep throwing them in your vehicles. But if you actually think about it, hmm, maybe I can take this out when I'm not using it. That might not be such a bad idea. What else do you got there? 
Yeah, yeah. I'm just showing some some images of the tent that we had on the back of our gladiator. Uh, we kind of tried to do the same thing I just described with the ranger. Mm -hmm. So have a bed rack on top of the bed in the back, and then having the tent, uh, this you know pop up tent there. That's kind of within the line of that cab. It's stuck up a few inches above it, but not a lot. Right. And we've, we've actually had these types of tents on other vehicles. I think we also had them on our trail bus, too. Yeah, we did. And in fact, we, we kept, uh, we had the kind of a universal bar kit mm -hmm. uh, for the rack and the bed. So we can transfer it from truck to truck to truck. Right. So, uh, but some trucks, like, for example, the Gladiator and some others, have uh, a kit that only fits a certain bed size. Right, because you they're a unique kind yeah. of a bespoke bed as opposed to other beds that are very similar in terms of their design. And sometimes they also fall, you know how the cab is usually tapered a mm -hmm. little bit towards the roof? A lot of these systems are also follow the roof line and the tapering of that roof. Specifically we, because of wind resistance. Yeah, And it totally. looks really classy. You know, it looks like it's really properly done. I, yeah, but I'm not here to really talk about looks one way or the other because it's all, you know, based on your individual taste. And some people are like ah but you you guys really hate those stanced trucks i want to go back to something about the carolina drop and i remember seeing a video that one of our competitors put out there on whether or not the vehicle was dangerous and it had to do with its headlights whether or not it blinded you which by the way yes they can in some cases um there's another thing to keep in mind that when you go to some sort of ridiculous squat um, and there's a photo that Andre just brought up uh, of David's truck, which has involuntary squat, as I like to put it. Um, you can see David hanging out in the back of the truck with a big smile on his face. David's the best. Um, look at that truck and think about what would happen if you're driving through traffic and you had to suddenly turn or hit the brakes. The vehicle was designed a certain way by the actual automaker, and they spent billions doing this, right? So they actually have safety requirements that are out there to make sure it stops within a certain distance and it turns a certain way. Now, once you upset that balance, you are now talking about a vehicle that's probably a lot less reliable for making those types of performance maneuvers. And this truck is a fine example of that because so, uh, yeah, well, explain the truck. I, I will. I'll have this owns. Uh, we need to explain this yeah. because this is uh, quite silly. So if you haven't been watching a lot of TFL, um, uh, we've been working with David David Morrow for many years. Actually, we've met him. Well, this is, was pre-COVID when we first met, probably 2019-ish. Yeah, uh, so almost so, four years ago now. So probably almost four years uh, we've been kind of working together on projects. Happy Yak Ranch, that's his ranch. Yeah, uh, he owns a ranch up in northern Colorado, and he's just uh, a man of many talents, right? Mm -hmm. So he's on this recent uh, kick where he wants to build up another truck. And he owns like nine of these, right? So he's got a lot of land. <laughs> he's got a love for uh, older um, you know, GMT 400 or actually even square body. Some rams um, on this property as well. Actually, yes. if you go to tfltruck.com or the channel, I believe it's on truck. Yep. There's a whole bunch. Of, he takes us on a tour of a bunch of his trucks uh, on his property, including uh, some new recent acquisitions. Yeah. So I was uh, filming with him because we're working on a Ram Cummins trail hound project, uh, which is a big thing we're doing on TFL Off-Road. Right. Um, and David is, is going to be part of that series as well, and he's helping us build out the back for camping. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we can talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, Andre, can you, can you help me out? I'm like, what, what's up? He's like, well, I'm, uh, I'm, I need an axle for my next project truck that he wants to build a rock crawler, like a full-size truck mm -hmm. for rock crawling. He's like, I have this uh, old Chevy, and I took its uh, rear axle out. 
but I need to get the truck out of my shop. Can you help me roll it out? I'm like, how? It has no axle. Mm -hmm. How are we going to roll it? So he's like, aha, I have an idea. He's really handy, right? Yes. Uh, he's like, I have down in my back 40, he says, I have an old trailer axle with no suspension and a couple of trailer tires that I want to put underneath this thing so we can roll it out of the shop. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, we drilled a couple of, he drilled a couple of holes um, in the mounting bracket on the frame. We put an axle underneath it and it actually rolled. Yeah, and it looks mighty fine. Uh, so what what ended up being, you know, trailer tires are really tiny yes. compared to a truck tire. So it was really David created a Carolina Squat uh, truck, uh, but it's just as a project. Uh, this is a part truck. This truck has no engine, mm -hmm. so this truck will not go anywhere. So, <laughs> so that was I just I just thought it was really hilarious. It it is, it, it is. and uh, David has a pretty good sense of humor about these things as well. Um, so you'll be able to see some of this type of stuff recently. You know, as once again on TFL truck, uh, as Andre has gone and spent some real time at the ranch recently. But the whole point coming back to this, and I'm not going to belabor this any longer. I truly think that those types of trucks, any type of truck that really has a bad suspension combination with a bad tire combination, in many cases are really unsafe. And I'm struck by the fact that cops aren't pulling these guys over left and right because they're obviously breaking the law and yet they're getting away with it. And it goes to exhaust systems as well. I know a lot of you guys love to roll that coal. But it's now illegal in a majority of the states out there because there's no, A, there's no reason to do it other than to, to get a detention and to upset people. And also it's extraordinarily dangerous. But um, it also is uh, not very good for the environment. It puts extra particulates out there and it smells bad. So uh, rolling coal is another way that people, especially through oversized exhaust, they love to you know put it out there. You know what happened to me a while ago? Mm. Mm. I was driving my daughter's car. She has a little Nissan Leaf. It's an innocuous car. It's not out there to hurt anybody. It's just an old used little electric car. And I'm cruising down the road, and this guy decides to squirt me with a ton of exhaust. Um, he just thought it was funny. Uh -huh. And I couldn't see for a couple seconds. There was that much that just hit me. Nothing I could do about it either. I was in traffic, so I knew cars were on the right of me. So I pulled to the left a little bit to try to see around it as I'm still moving. And I started slowing down. Unfortunately, because I took my foot off the accelerator, the car winds down really fast. I was inches from a bus stop by the time I could see again. Now, nobody was at that bus stop, but imagine if there were. I mean, just for kicks, you're doing that and you're going to slam me into a bus stop full of people possibly? Go to hell. Seriously, I just cannot stand that. So anyway, other lawmakers out there saw this and said, oh, there's no real reason we should be doing this. It does not enhance your performance. So really, it's just done for one thing. As such, boom, they made it illegal. People still do it. Now, here's an interesting tidbit that many of you don't quite understand about uh, the whole rolling coal thing is that there are no gains. There's only losses to your truck when you're doing this type of thing. So there's, no, right? Yeah, exactly. In fact, uh, and, you know, Gail Banks uh, was talking about this too. Mm -hmm. um, and really, it's, you can see the wasted uh, power. Yeah. Because basically the black smoke from a diesel truck there is unburned fuel particles, mm -hmm. which means it's not realized inside the engine. Right. You're, You're not, not getting anything extra from it. You're blowing it out of the vehicle. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, a, it's a 
it's just a no no. Yeah, it's just it's just yeah. stupid. But um, so so yeah, so I, of course that's. I mean, it's basically overfueling. Uh, people were used to do it, you know, a long time ago, and even recently, a few years ago, and probably this has happened to you recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, people, I think, a lot of people have learned about this, and uh, when you overfuel, when you want to make more power. Yes, go ahead, but bring also the air, right? Mm-hmm. Your air intake has to be great. Your exhaust system has to be great. Uh, the whole thing has to work together, and then you'll have a really powerful truck that's also relatively efficient. That's kind of the bottom line there. Um, before we move forward, do you want to cover some news? Yeah, let's hit some news. Yeah, because there's a couple things out there. There's some interesting yeah. stuff. Um, speaking of trucks, because we are talking about trucks, and the fact that so many of you love electric trucks. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, there's been an ongoing discussion about General Motors and whether or not they were going to bring, at one point, the new Chevy Montana, which is a um, this is basically the equivalent of the Ford Maverick, but it's built in Brazil. And they just started going into production on this thing overseas. Well, not overseas, but down south. So... Some people are asking about that. Where's our small truck for General Motors? Well, for they're not going to be bringing it anytime soon. But they did recently approach some people about a very small electric truck. Yeah, and a um, couple things. So this happened a few, few days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Michigan, uh, at some location, um, GM invited, and it sounded like maybe some local journalists, uh, we weren't invited to this event. Yeah. Uh, I'm bummed because I, I wish I could have seen, you know, some of the thoughts they have on the future uh, of trucks. Um, and they showed a couple of little trucklets. <laughs> little tiny trucks. Now, yeah. this image that we have here is not official. Right. This is a rendering based on some of the uh, images or in vehicles that uh, these journalists have seen. By the way, GM did not publish any images or specs. Nope. They just wanted to gauge interest from some of these outlets uh, that they invited. Now there's, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say it's a two-door right. short bed. Uh, and I think they may have shown two versions. One that's a little bit off-roady, like I'm showing here. And another one that's a little bit more street-oriented, that's kind of has a low ride height. Uh, and they're fully electric. So this is not a plug-in hybrid. This is not a hybrid. No. This is not a gasoline-powered. This is an powered. all-electric vehicle. Uh, and the reason why it's really gained some interest is because we've been talking about it for a while. General Motors is not playing in the same pool as Ford and uh, currently Hyundai or even Honda, if you really want to look at it that way. Uh, but we do know that there, Toyota, there's some major rumblings about them bringing a small pickup truck. It's not a truck, a trucklet to the market as well that goes underneath the Tacoma. And... General Motors might be taking a different route. So they may be producing this small electric pickup in lieu of those vehicles, which would be, by the way, the first in its class if it did come out somewhat soon. And it would be an interesting possibility for those people who are looking for what could be an inexpensive pickup that may or may not suit everybody's needs. I think in this case, it's a very specific type of person who would get a little truck like this. Yeah, and they mentioned you know low entry price, of course, because mm-hmm. a vehicle like this will have a smaller battery. It doesn't need a big one, no. a big one because it's so lightweight. And maybe even one motor. They didn't say specifications, but you could keep the price down. I mean, that's the whole point about it. And also, it will satisfy the corporate average fuel economy, the cafe standards uh, that all manufacturers have to abide by in the United States. That's right. Um, so it could satisfy all those things. 
and enter and give consumers another choice, right? Uh, I, I have a couple of concerns. First mm. of all, if they're not even ready to show a concept of this, if they're just testing the waters, this is probably several years away. It right? could be, yeah. So that's one of my concerns because we need this like tomorrow, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not four years from now. Uh, bec- and by need this, I mean uh, there needs to be more affordable vehicles, period. Yeah, right? especially electric pickup trucks, which yeah. there just simply aren't any inexpensive options. Because right now we're talking about $100,000 Hummers and Silverado EVs and GMC EVs, right? Or even the Ford Lightning is just flying in price. Yeah, so we need more affordable vehicles, and that could be one answer. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, also usability of it, utility, right? Uh, I saw some of the comments on tfltruck.com that you have published, uh, you you posted, guys. Uh, You said, well, what about four doors? Mm. Why does it have to be a two-door? Um, so there's a lot of questions like this. You know, where's the utility? Um, you know, it's a four and a half foot bed. Why not a five foot bed? So you can never satisfy everybody, right? No. How many times have we seen trucks at the market and people are like, well, if you put two doors on there and only had room for two people, I would totally buy it. And it's just like, And then when somebody comes out with it. Then you don't buy it. <laughs> Which is why, uh, especially with the midsize truck segment, Almost every single auto, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, automaker out there has stopped building two-door, two-seat, or three-seat uh, short cab vehicles because you aren't buying them. You know who could be a customer for this? Mm. Maybe my dad. My dad is looking for a vehicle, and you know he's got a f- you know five-passenger pers- SUV. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fine, but he needs something that him, you know, my dad and my mom can just ride together. You know, they don't need to bring 10 people with them. You right. Know? And they so, can go to a, con, you know, like a DIY uh, place and get stuff. Yeah, they can hunt for mushrooms. You know, my mom loves mushrooms. You know this, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, so so they can go in the mountains. They can hunt for mushrooms. And they can do all these things. Well, there you go. That's a problem solved. <laughs> uh, but there's more to it than that. For instance, both the Ford Maverick and the, um, the Santa Cruz have proven that small beds with big cabs do sell. But not to everybody. So perhaps there's a market for, you know, a small truck like this. And, you know, you guys are saying four-foot bed. Well, if you drop the tailgate, suddenly you have a five-foot bed or Mm -hmm. even a five-and-a-half-foot bed. So there's a lot of things out there to keep in mind. And then on top of all that, this is one more component out there that gives you even more choice. And I think that General Motors would be really, really smart to not only consider building this, but perhaps – build a king cab version that would have a little tiny extra room for maybe two other people. But I get it. They don't want to affect sales of their upcoming Silverado EV. So they don't want to go that far. So I get that as well. Bottom line, the idea behind bringing a small electric pickup truck to the masses that's affordable, I think is a really good one. I think a lot of you guys would probably agree with that. Uh, yes, and I want to give a shout out to one of our friends, uh, Alex Anaros. Oh, Alex, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alex um, is a good friend. We see him at a lot of events. Uh, and he has a video actually on his channel, Alex Anaros on YouTube, uh, which explains a little bit why another reason for why Montana, Chevy Montana, is not uh, at, uh, it's sold in the United States. Yeah, yeah. And, um, in addition, there's an article that recently came out on tflcar.com uh, on our weekly segment, which also explains some of the reasons why the Montana isn't there either. And that's on tflcar.com, and that's a weekly thing that's produced. Um, so it has to do with fuel efficiency, really. 
really the you know engine displacement, fuel efficiency, well, it's and it's a one point two liter three cylinder turbocharged engine hooked up to a six speed automatic or six speed manual only to the front wheels. There's a lot of things that actually put it out there, but on top of that, it's also a question of. Uh, the chicken tax issues, whether or not we'd be able to build a factory for this. There's a lot of other issues that weren't actually covered by Alex that were covered by others. Yes. But if you put it all together into a giant melting pot, the reality is, is that a vehicle like this will not come to the United States anytime soon. Unless it's electric. Which is what they're showing to some Unless outlets. it's electric, exactly. So that's kind of what enables that little tiny pickup. And I'm afraid we won't see it. Or maybe for many years. Yeah. There's another piece of news from GM. But GM has kind of uh, popped a lot of news on us um, uh, over the last few days. And this had to do with the V8 engine, dude. Yes. Um, so there was an announcement a few days ago that GM is investing uh, over $850 million. Um, you know, if you add up a couple of other investments they're making as part of this, it could be almost a billion dollars into production of a next-generation small-block V8 engine. Can you believe this? I can. And uh, let's get to that right after we do this little break. All right, let's talk about V8s and General Motors. Dude, so there's a trend in the automotive truck space, uh, downsizing engines, right? Mm -hmm. uh, bringing turbochargers, uh, V6s, even mid-size trucks are going to four-cylinders. Full-size trucks are going to four-cylinders. Yes. But GM said, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Uh, well, actually, they're saying yes to basically everything <laughs> because they're talking about electrification. They're yeah. talking about some of the turbocharged engines. The, they're the only company in the light-duty full-size truck space with a diesel. Yes, right a now. really good one, too. So they have kind of all of their options covered, <laughs> but they've just made a big investment in V8 engines. We don't have specs yet. So um, obviously, um, GM is known for their small block V8 engines. It's in everything. Uh, how many million engines do you think they've produced? General Motors over decades. V8s or 100 just million? Uh, yeah, it's a you know many, many, many millions of engines. I mean, everybody knows a 350 V8, right? Everybody knows yeah. what that is. Uh, there's one in my boat. There you go. You know, they, they've used G GM V8s have been used everywhere. And when they do an engine, they usually keep it for a long period of time. Yeah. So, for example, the current 5.3 liter and 6.2 liter V8s is kind of in this family of engines. And they've been around for a long time now. Yeah. And they usually don't change them. Mm -hmm. You know, once they're kind of happy with uh, what they've directions they've set, they kind of keep them around for many, many years. So, so this could signal that, you know, V8s are here to stay. General Motors recently went on a whole kick of saying everything is going to be electrified. I and, know. And then recently they've kind of backed off a little bit yes, on that. Yes, They haven't straight out said, like they were before, that everything will be electric. I think what they're starting to say now is there will be electric options, and they're going to start pushing that a little bit more because I think that people are coming to their senses and they're beginning to see that there are other ways that we can, you know, reduce greenhouse emissions and save gasoline and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I think that by General Motors developing a new V8, something tells me that they found something or they've created something that will be an extraordinarily efficient and powerful V8. I mean, let's face it, General Motors and V8s, I mean, they've been doing it for a long time. So this could be something interesting. 
Yeah, and once again, we can speculate. Sure. Uh, and I'm happy to speculate just a couple more minutes uh-huh. because we don't have the specifications yet. Exactly, we have nothing. Uh, but we know that several uh, plants in, in United States and North America will be producing this new engine. Right. Um, so this is a huge investment in the United States. Mm-hmm. So that's another great point. Which means more workers working on these engines yes. and more buyers buying these engines. So yeah. this is a win-win. Um once we get more details on this engine and whether or not it's going to be hooked up to a hybrid system, who knows? Although I got to say, Andre, General mm. Motors, especially with their trucks, not a whole lot of talking about hybrid systems. Not no, recently. not yet. You know, they kind of pioneered a little bit um, with yeah, a mild hybrid. Yeah, right? they're early days. Yeah. Um, what, mid-2000s, uh, 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. they had the sh- Tahoe hybrid. They had the Silverado, uh, Silverado type, yeah. hybrid. These were mild hybrid systems, so they weren't like driving on electricity for any significant distance, right? But they were just assisting the uh, engine. You yeah, know. They were very efficient, and, and the government bought a ton of those, by the way. Yeah, they did. And we recently saw a hybrid Tahoe at the local fueling station. Both of us are like, oh my God, that's a unicorn. Yeah, let's <laughs> buy it immediately. I also heard some horror stories about those, because when the battery goes out, it really goes out. Uh, there's no way to bring it back. Yeah. Um, so, because they did have kind of smallish batteries, I think, I think in the rear compartment. Yeah, they think they're a nickel metal hydride by th- back then. Um, yeah, so they've 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 dabbled in here, mm-hmm. but uh, now Toyota, of course, the Tundra is a hybrid. The F one hundred and fifty is a hybrid. Um, so I'm I'm hoping. I mean, GM has something up their sleeve. I have a feeling they are um, with their electrification stance. So, but we'll we'll find out in the near future. Uh, the good news is that Andre is on top of this, and General Motors, when at least when it comes to trucks tends to reach out to Andre pretty early on to, see, to let him know about information. So we should get something soon. Yeah, and they've just recently updated the diesel. The 3 liter has been updated. Mm-hmm. Their 2.7 liter has been updated. So they're really, you know, it's not like they're walking away from Which is what combustion. I thought they were going to do. Yeah, you and know? they're not. No, so, apparently no. And by the way, Ram is still, Hemi is still around. It's still a happy engine. Yeah, but the Hurricane uh, is now here. Yes, and we're going to see more is, of that, which is interesting. Yes. yes. So the five seven Hemi and of course Ford is keeping their five liter, even though the five liter doesn't sell in great numbers in the trucks uh, for Ford. Oh, damn good engine though. Uh, yeah, and Ford is still keeping it around. So mm-hmm. I think we'll see a lot more V eight power, which is great news. So for those of you who are worried about the V eight going the way of the Dodo Bird, no, looks like it's going to be around for a little while. And good news, they're doing development on future ones. So yes. everybody's happy. All right, so let's go to another way you can ruin your truck, and manufacturers are in on this. Adding a V8 to your truck. Oh, no. Wait. No, that's not it. I'm talking about something called a sports bar. Ugh. And this sports. is not where you watch sports games. No. No. <laughs> it's, it was good, Andre. Sorry. No, 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 it was good. It was good. Um, so for those of you who are wondering what a sports bar <laughs> is, it's essentially... In the old days, you used to put a, a hoop there, or some people would call it a roll bar. In most cases, they weren't. A light bar. And the sports bar isn't even really that. It's just this additional component that goes onto the back, well, actually, the uh, the front of your bed leading to next to your bulkhead. And it goes up. And then on top of that, you would normally add, say, a light or something like that on top of it. But what it does is it also restricts outward view. It prevents you from being able to put on a cab or a a topper. And honestly, not a whole lot of reasons for it to exist other than looks. Yeah, and for example... That's a really good example right there, because it's good uh, looking. We have a Ram truck here. If you can't see it, um, if you're just listening, 
Uh, yeah, it's right behind the cab, right? Mm -hmm. So, and usually it's, uh, and even now it's used for light mounting, mounting uh, rooftop lights, which effectiveness of which is kind of questionable uh, at first. Yeah. Um, yes, you can put lots of lights in very different places, but anyways, but the reason why I dislike the sports bar and, you know, Ram is doing it, GM is doing it with the latest Colorado and Silverado trucks. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Ford is big into sports bars. I don't remember seeing one with anything recently. But I'm sure Ford. they will. And I'm, then I'm, all over SEMA, almost every yes. other truck had something like that hanging off it. But you can't really reach inside the bed anymore. Nope. So normally you would put the, like a little toolbox in the, maybe in the front of your bed mm -hmm. or something like this. Uh, and now you have to try, try to reach over it and then there's a sports bar in your way. And you have to do a reach around. Uh, yes. And, and that's a bad, bad news for trucks. <laughs> um, and yeah. also... Um, like tonneau covers are difficult to put on. Exactly. Because uh, I, I know some tonneau covers are kind of compatible with this. Right. But and not, we experimented with yeah, that. But not all of them But are. that was really difficult. And, and toppers won't work. And, yeah. And the topper won't work. So it has really limited function. I, I guess it looks kind of cool. That's, I, the, that's the appeal is the looks. There's no other reason for it to be there. Now, for those of you who think that it's going to help your rigidity of your truck, eh -eh, no. they all advertise on that these are built for looks... And they it's have not a rollover hoop. No, no, they're not built to hold the weight of your truck if you roll over. So there's no th that is not a reason right there. Yeah, and I guess uh, the only uh, we we should um, complain to Marty McFly because he made this popular, right? Or okay. maybe maybe it wasn't just him. Maybe it was many other people. Yeah, it was it was an '80s thing. There was some trucks out there doing it even back then, but. It, it kind of went away, and then it came back in, in a heavy way where now you're seeing it on production trucks as an option, and I just don't get it. So uh, this one, by the way, uh, now I, as a friend of mine said, hey, they have handholds so you can be, stand up in the back of the truck as the truck is driving oh. and have a place to put your hands. Oh, that's legal. Yeah. <laughs> that's not <laughs> It's a really bad idea. So don't do that. Um, you know, if, if, if you're off-road and you got some people in the back of your truck and they want to hang out, okay. But if they want to stand up in the back of your bed and they're holding on to a little tiny piece of metal, it might not be a great idea. Here's the only way I would accept this, mm -hmm. the sports bar. If it's actually a chase rack, you know, a lot of Baja trucks, you know, put actual spare tires in yes, that space. Yes, yes. And, and the chase rack actually is part of that structure. Right. But that, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. And that is, that's real meat that you have to add to the truck. And, and it's it also sometimes plates. supports the suspension as well. Right. That, that, so. That's a whole different world. This isn't that. This is something that looks kind of like that. Yeah. But it's not functional in that respect. Really, all you can do is use it to hang lights on. And that's about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so those are some of the ways you could really really ruin your vehicle or yeah. your truck. So what we're really saying is if you add anything to your truck, you're going to ruin it. No. No, that's not <laughs> that's what we're saying. But, but <laughs> I mean, you might surmise that that's kind of where we're going with this. But in many cases, that can be true. The good news is if you do some research and if you really ask around, go on some forums, talk to experts, talk to guys who work at garages and actually do these upgrades – you know, you may be able to find that some of these things, a little bit of a lift, the right tire wheel combination or the right type of drop and the right type of combination with the axle, the right axle, all this type of stuff, the right brakes. It's expensive, but if you want to do it right, hey, you know, it's good stuff isn't cheap. Exactly. And that goes for anything. Yeah. Right? Stereo systems, mm -hmm. your dishwasher, your oven, you have to spend the dough. That's really interesting that you went into household appliances. I'm sorry. I'll, 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 I'll stop. I, I want to 
So I want to defend truck mods. Okay, okay we, we talked about some bad ones, but but I want to I just I just want to make this point right. So we're working on a couple truck mods right now as we speak. So yes, we are. Trailhound is one project we're working on. Mm-hmm. Trailhound is a Ram twenty five hundred Cummins um, crew cab, which you have seen on TFL truck, um, and we're at it at LU cabin uh, aluminum. Um, truck topper with a tent built in, so mm-hmm. it's a one piece. Um, and then David is helping us out to build out the interior of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an upcoming episode that you can watch. And then we're working with BDS and also Fox Shocks to give the truck a little lift, uh, new suspension, um, and also bigger tires. So why are we doing this? To make it more off-road worthy and and you know better for, exactly. As an and here's the biggest way I can talk about this. Um, there was a snowstorm last week. Mm-hmm. We started the show with snowstorms, right? Yeah, I know. So last week, I was dropping my daughter off at school, and I see a beached Infiniti G37 all-wheel drive. And this was on the road. This wasn't even in the parking lot or right. off-road. This was, you know, he was trying to pull to the side, and there was some snow piled up there. And all-wheel drive car, bam beached right there right so what is it what happens he backs up traffic about a mile and a half long mm-hmm. right this is uh people dropping everybody off at school so me and a couple of other dudes you know you know parked our trucks and we went out there and we started pushing him and after a while we kind of pushed him off and and then that got me to thinking because i'm i'm trying to find a vehicle for my daughter to drive because she's going to be 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, she needs a vehicle. And I was thinking about a car versus SUV. Mm-hmm. And that changed my mind right there, that experience <laughs> of this guy being beached on this little pile of snow. Mm-hmm. Made up my mind that I want to buy her a small SUV to get the ground clearance a little higher. And then you want to put a big lift on it no. and put giant wheels and tires on it. No. Okay. No, maybe later. Maybe she can do that later. If she she chooses to, if she wants to go off-roading, this could be her thing. Okay. Uh, But what I want... So so basically, we're doing this, especially with our Trailhound project. We want to go into remote areas. Mm -hmm. uh, Areas where you can almost almost never get help. Uh, We're talking about El Camino del Diablo. This is the most remote stretch of dirt road. Almost in, you know, the lower 48 states. Yeah, it borders Mexico with two states, technically. Yeah, in Arizona. And um, <coughs> we are going as a team, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to have two vehicles there so we can help each other out. But, you know, if you get stuck or beached, you know, you're on your own. Yeah. So that's kind of why people lift their trucks, right? Is for that additional capability. And when they do that, they know you're going to get worse fuel efficiency. You know, there's some negatives that you're come along. You're not going to handle quite as well. Perhaps. Yeah, there's some yeah. negatives that come along with it. Oh, sure. Uh, but, you know, if it's, if like I said, if you do your research, if you go to TFL Off-Road, the TFL Truck, those are the only places on the internet that will provide with reviews. This is the only place to go. Yes. Um, then you will learn that, um, you know, certain companies and certain ways of doing things. Uh, we also have another project that I don't know if I can... Uh, if I can say that yet, but we're thinking about uh, modifying a forerunner. So our colleague Grant has a forerunner that he is working on a project to build it up into a, a little bit more off-road capable vehicle. Mm-hmm. And we're, once again, we're working with an expert. Uh, our, our buddy James is helping Grant, walking him step by step into a certain this is the suspension you get. This is why. This is how you minimally lift your vehicle. Not really high, but minimal lift right 
I, I want to throw something out there because, yeah. you know, we can belabor the point, but you guys get it. And, you know, in many cases, if you do the right type of mods, either for lowering or lifting, you can still, you can get a great truck out of it and not destroy everything about it. We get that. Uh, I got some great, great advice from the head of Jeep design, Mark Allen, mm -hmm. years and years and years ago. And I follow this and it's an irony because I'm the heaviest moving object at TFL, but essentially lighter is always better. So not adding giant wheels and tires, not adding huge heavy suspension lifts and armor and you know racks, da 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 da. Will make your car better, either off road or on road, and it'll help efficiency. So these are things that you know just keep that in mind. So then when you take that type of equation, lighter is better, and then move it into but I need tires, and that's the most important thing we say tires. And then, like, well, maybe I need a little bit more of a lift so I don't get beached like an infinity. Okay, that's your next step. You know, we, we get that. Um, and the other side of it is, you know, hey, I want to slam it down. I want to look really good, but I don't want to lose my ride. I, I don't want it to be, you know, less safe. Do a little bit of research. You're going to find that there are actually some companies out there that do build some quality components to prevent you from becoming a menace. Yeah, totally. That's abs that's a great way of saying it. And for example, the LE cabin that we're putting on uh, the RAM with the help of our friends at Juniper Overland uh -huh. uh, is aluminum. Yes. You know, uh, it's not cheap. I mean, no. this whole setup, including the awning and the heater and some of the water tank that goes inside of this LE cabin, this is approaching, you know, seventeen or $18,000 for this tent system and the topper. But it only weighs about 500 pounds. You know, you've added all this equipment, but you did not completely negate the payload of the truck. Right. And then we're going to be building the suspension system on this truck with um, with mind, being mindful of those mods as well. So, Correct. And th at the end of the day, this truck will still be able to tow ridiculous amounts of weight, and it'll still be able to haul if we had to remove the cab and, you know, just make it haul. So it, it still retains a lot of its functionality, and it is also should be able to be a relatively safe vehicle to drive because we haven't gone overboard, which is part of this whole deal. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, so stay tuned for this. Um, also, uh, we'll be doing a lot more truck testing. You're probably wondering, all right, Nathan and Andre, you know, when are you going to go to the iGauntlet next? You know, when are more fuel efficiency testing? These what are about, really good questions. What about drag racing? Yes. Uh, all of that is coming. So... Uh, we've already done a couple of drag racer videos you've seen probably. Mm -hmm. uh, new trucks. Uh, I've been talking to every manufacturer, basically. Uh, we're getting a lot of new trucks. We recently had the new Sequoia, yep. the new Tundra Hybrid. Uh, the next truck is probably going to be in the front 50. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, I don't want to name everything because... Sometimes trucks don't arrive. You know right. how it and goes. Right, and also we are in the midst of a winter, and we live in Colorado, and things can change because of that. Not just delivery dates, but also whether or not we can actually get out there and film the vehicle. So keep that in mind. But for the most part, we're on the verge of having a, just a glut of vehicles hit TFL all at the same time. Yeah, and also the uh, Chevy Colorado Trail Bus I ordered, uh, I announced it a couple episodes yeah. ago, uh, is supposed to be built this week. <gasps> so I cannot wait. Uh, it's I really... still going to be probably three weeks before you get it, though. Yeah, and also it could be delayed. Who knows? Yeah. But um, I'm really, I'm like, you know, I'm just like Christmas or something. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, it seems. I'm right there with I, you, my friend. Because I sold my other truck like four weeks ago. Yes. And I'm truckless. 
The good news is you work at TFL Truck, and rumor yeah. has it occasionally they, they get trucks over here that yeah. you can actually test and drive around. Ironically, he's been driving around a lot in the Hyundai Santa Cruz <laughs> that's uh, TFL Studios, so he and I are both in Santa Cruz's. I want to be in one, he doesn't, but... Um, but it's still, it's a pretty pleasant car to drive on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, yeah, the, the Turbo Santa Cruz, you know, the, the transmission is a little bit wonky. It's a little wonky, yeah. Once in a while, especially at lower speeds. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Santa Cruz actually is comfy. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Uh, especially on a, on a longer trip, like I took it um, over New Year's to to go skiing. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's a decent road trip vehicle. Yeah, But then agree. in traffic, it, that uh, dual clutch transmission is kind of wonky. Which is why I like my regular automatic transmission. I just wish I had a turbo. There you have it. So thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on another episode of TFL Talking Trucks. Have a great week, guys. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.